What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast. I'm your host, LJ Nessler, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Samuel Goldberg. Sam, we're back at the wide receiver list, and it feels like it's an endless pit with wide receivers in the NFL. There are just so many good wide receivers in the NFL at this point in 2021. Uh, It's impossible to have a bad wide receiver core uh, for fantasy football-wise, so honestly, you have to be really, really bad at fantasy football uh, to not have a good wide receiver core. <laughs> it, it really it comes down to that because there's 40 wide receivers in the NFL that could get you 10 points a game. And obviously, you have those guys that we talked about in episode one, like Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Michael Thomas that can get you 20, 30 points a game. Those are the guys you want to go after. But This is our second and hopefully our last wide receiver episode because we have a lot of other stuff we want to get to within the next month before the NFL season starts to wind up. But yeah, we got Eagles. We got Eagles training camp coming up in a couple of days. So that'll be fun to talk about, see some of the things that's going on. So we just kind of want to bust out our last bit of fantasy episodes here before Eagles, before we get underway, Eagles season, a training camp just around the corner. Yeah, Sam pinpointed that perfectly with where we are in July, July 22nd, as we're recording this. You guys will probably see this the 24th or the 25th, maybe even the 26th, if I feel lazy editing. But um, the top 15, those are your guys. I could say maybe the top 20 are the guys that are your elite guys. We have some elite guys still here in fantasy purpose. Not elite in the NFL compared to a Tyreek Hill or Stefan Diggs, but elite in fantasy football with how scoring works. There's probably four or five guys here that can have the potential to be top five in PPR leagues. But after that, you really just got to get as many receivers as you can and play the matchups. If you have a receiver that has a favorable matchup one week, start him. That's really how fantasy football works. But Sam, we stopped at 15 last episode, kicking off my list at number 16. I have Robert Woods and I have his counterpart, Cooper Cup, down at 23. The way I look at Robert Woods and Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford as their quarterback and Cam Akers getting injured, I think Robert Woods and Cooper Cup's fantasy value shot through the roof with the Cam Akers injury which was unfortunate. Another guy I think's value shot to the roof is Darrell Henderson, the backup running back who I believed was going to be part of a running back committee with Cam Akers. That's why I was kind of stay away from Cam Akers in fantasy football. Now Darrell Henderson is a, if he's there in the eighth or ninth round, go get him because he can get you 15 points a game. I really like what Woods and Cup can do, getting back to the receiver point of things. I, you really can't go wrong with drafting either of these in the fifth, sixth round if they're still there, because I think both of them in a pass heavy offense have top five PPR potential and can have a 1300 yard, 11 touchdown season. Yeah. And bouncing on bouncing off of that at 16 for me, I have Chris Godwin. Uh, Godwin for me just kind of fell out of the top 15 for me just because of uh, where he's at right now. Uh, in Tampa Bay however do I think he'll be in Tampa Bay next year I actually don't Uh, didn't come to terms with the contract extension this year so on his last year of his contract this year but I think I I really think that he's gonna show Tampa Bay that he deserves his contract extension 
And I think he's going to play out of his mind, but he just has a couple of guys that are also going to split the carries as well between or the touches between Mike Evans and you have Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Like there's a lot of offensive weapons on this team. You also have Ronald Jones as well, who was stellar last year. So a lot of touches going around this Tampa Bay team. So that's why I have Godwin just uh, just on the outside of the top 15 at 16 there. I have Godwin down a little bit in my tier four. I have Woods in tier three. Godwin, I have in tier four at 21. When I look at Chris Godwin, you said it perfectly. You got Mike Evans, who I think is going to have a 80-catch, 1,000-yard, 12-touchdown kind of season. He's going to be dependent on those touchdowns that will boost his stats, but keep fantasy owners of Mike Evans like – do we want to trade him if we're in a dynasty or keeper league and get our value? But I think Mike Evans, he still is another good year. He's just consistent. He will give you 1,000 yards every single season unless he gets hurt. That's the kind of receiver he is. I think Godwin is the number two receiver, but they have the two backs. You got Gronk, you got Antonio Brown. So I really think that Chris Godwin's value from where it was this past fantasy draft a year ago to where it is now has really fallen off. But if you're in a dynasty league and you're in the sixth round and Chris Godwin is still there, you better pick him up because in two years, a year, two years, he's going to be one of the top five PPR receivers in the NFL when he gets his own team. And just touching base uh, on a couple of wide receivers here that I felt like I could have been in the top 15 for me, but just weren't uh, another guy. And Tyler Lockett, uh, I have him at 22. Um, I, I like the big play potential that Lockett has, but however, PPR-wise, I don't think he'll be seeing that many targets this this upcoming year with the with alongside DK Metcalf. I just feel like I just feel like Russell Wilson's under so much pressure a lot of the time that he can't really get rid of the ball. And I honestly, I honestly believe that DK Metcalf will have a better season uh, than Tyler Lockett, but. Also, just strength of schedule as well. Seattle plays a lot of tough opponents this year that have good cornerback twos that can really lock up uh, Tyler Lockett. So, um, Tyler Lockett for me, I say dynasty. I stay away from him. PPR, like if you're just redrafting every year for like a family league or just uh, uh, just a just a redraft every year. I mean, you can draft Tyler Lockett. I mean. Some people will probably get him like second, third round, but if he's there, like maybe fifth, sixth round, I would, I would say go for it and draft him. Tyler Lockett, I had him last year in my dynasty league. He had that 50 point game against Arizona. I traded him for Stefan Diggs. And man, did I love that trade right there because Stefan Diggs almost told me the fantasy championship. Tyler Lockett is either 50 points or five points. He's a, he's the, epitome of a boom or bust player you hear a lot of fantasy managers say boom or bust Tyler Lockett is the boomer bust MVP he's going to win you that game like oh my god my team's great and we you put up 190 points 180 points the next game he's going to have five points and your team has 110 points and loses and you're going to be like why did I start Tyler Lockett why didn't I start another receiver like Curtis Samuel that got 16 points for example I just think Tyler Lockett with DK Metcalf, he's going to be facing number two corners. And 
he's not going to be getting as much targets. So you have the good of facing second corners and the number two corners, but then you have the bad of having a guy like DK Metcalf that I think takes another step. And I think really builds on a 1300 yard, 1400 yard season. I forget how much yards he had exactly. So I think Metcalf builds on that, gets more targets from Russell Wilson. They brought in Eskridge who we don't know what they're going to get, but they want more wide receiver share. I think Lockett, kind of falls down a little bit. I think he really relied on that 50-point game against Arizona and some other big games to really bolster. What was a kind of boomer bust season for Tyler Lockett? I won't say it's disappointing because nobody views him as a top wide receiver, but I would not say it's what you would like to get from a guy that has DK Metcalf next to him and Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Speaking of high-powered offenses, uh, LJ, one wide receiver that I also have outside of the top 15 is Julio Jones. Uh, I mean, you talk about having the, one of the best running backs in the NFL and Derrick Henry, one of the best wide receivers in A.J. Brown. And you add Julio Jones to that, again, kind of the same situation Godwin is in along with Lockett. You really – it's Julio Jones is kind of a boomer bust wide receiver again, can pop off for – 30, 30, 40 points, and then next week just go invisible. And now that he's on a team with AJ with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, I don't know. I I don't I mean I've drafted Julio Jones in all my fantasy leagues so far. Um either in that though, Julio Jones is kind of that again, that big boomer bust player that a lot of fantasy owners like to refer to. Yeah, another guy that is boomer bust is Adam Thielen. I have him 19 on my list. I have Julio Jones 9 on my list because he's Julio Jones. I still think he's a top five receiver talent-wise in the NFL, but he is getting older. I think Adam Thielen is a guy, though, touching back on Adam Thielen. He's a guy that is going to get you a lot of touchdowns. Justin Jefferson's going to get those number one corners. Dalvin Cook's going to get the focal point of defenses. Adam Thielen's going to have so many one-on-one opportunities. I think in the red zone, especially that's where Adam Thielen thrives, where he has his whole career. I think third down in red zone, Adam Thielen's going to get a lot of catches. I'd say 85, 90 catches, 1,000, 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. That would, That's what you can expect from Adam Thielen. So I would say if you need in a redraft league or a keeper league where Adam Thielen won't be one of your keepers. Get Adam Thielen because yes, he's 30. He still has plenty of football left in him, but I would not bank on Adam Thielen in a dynasty league because of his pure age. You don't know what you're going to get. One guy I would bank on in a dynasty league is DJ Moore. I am a big, big, big DJ Moore guy. Yes, they have Christian McCaffrey, who's Mr. 1,000-1,000. 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. He's arguably going to be their top running back and wide receiver because that's basically what Christian McCaffrey is when he's healthy. You also have Robbie Anderson, great deep threat. I think DJ Moore, great at breaking tackles. I think he's going to get involved in the short catch. And I think Christian McCaffrey is going to take so much pressure off DJ Moore And I think Sam Darnold's going to do worlds for DJ Moore. You get DJ Moore, arguably the best passer of the football he's had in his career. Yes, Cam Newton's a very good quarterback, 
but Cam Newton in 2018, I believe it was, he was just not healthy. Same thing in 2019. He just wasn't the Cam Newton we know. And that really hurt DJ Moore. But I think DJ Moore with Sam Darnold can take another step up. And I'm really excited to see what DJ Moore can do in Joe Brady's offense. I'm a big Joe Brady guy. I really think DJ Moore is a guy you should definitely pick up in Dynasty. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Uh, The reason why I have DJ Moore outside of the top 15, though, again, Christian McCaffrey uh, is a big is a big reason, again, along with Robbie Anderson as well. But also with the addition of Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall is, I honestly think, one of the more underrated wide receivers coming in uh, from this rookie draft class. And I feel like Terrence Marshall going to play a big role this year in Carolina's offense. Like He's definitely going to fight for that uh, third wide receiver spot now that Curtis Samuel is now on the Washington football team. But DJ Moore, uh, again, boomer bust. The, a lot of these guys that are outside the top 15 are boomer bust. Um, just solely based on their situations. Like, again, you got Robbie Anderson. You got Christian McCaffrey. And who knows if Sam Darnold's going to do well? Uh, That's the big question. That's kind of the big question mark right there for the Panthers is how will Sam Darnold adjust? So when Sam and I are saying boom and bust receivers, you have receivers that you know are going to be great. And then you have those receivers a little lower down. They, yeah, they can get you 20, 30 points. They can give you great product. They're great receivers. They're just not in favorable positions. They have other guys that are going to take away touches. And when you do drafts, you have to look at those running backs and those receivers that are going to get you a lot of those touches and be the number one guy. A guy like Alvin Kamara, one of the best running backs in the NFL, he's his value is kind of dropping off this year. Because no Drew Brees throwing him the football. You got Michael Thomas taking away touches in the receiving game. You don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. Another example is Saquon Barkley with all the receiving weapons. Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay. You got guys taking away receptions there for Saquon Barkley. You got his health concerns. So those are things you have to keep in mind when drafting. And when looking at wide receivers, you have maybe 40, 50 receivers in the NFL that can really give you good product. One guy late in fantasy drafts that I love is Mr. Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts. He is a big-bodied receiver, but he has a uh, kind of a wiry frame in a way. Great hands, solid route runner. I think he's going to have a 9,000-yard receiving season, 900 yards. Let me correct myself there. (laughs) 900 yards, Sam. You can calm down. I think 900 yards, 12 touchdowns. I think that's what Michael Pittman does. And I think that would be great product because, yes, you have Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Himes taking away touches. Yes, you have T.Y. Hilton taking away touches. But he's going to be a boomer bust guy and late in drafts. He's the kind of guy that you can get and love. You look at a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., I think, yes, one of the best receivers in football, but he has two spectacular running backs that would be top five PPR backs if they weren't playing with each other, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They're more top 10, top 15 backs because they're taking away each other's touches, but they take away Odell Beckham Jr.'s touches. If Odell Beckham Jr. was in a, in a situation like, let's say, Arizona with Kyler Murray, he would be a 1,200-yard, 13 touchdown guy 
but it's tough for a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. to get all the targets when you have other guys taking away touches. So for fantasy owners, that's something to keep in mind with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. and a guy like Michael Pittman, how there's the kind of difference there. I absolutely love Michael Pittman. I have drafted him in all of my leagues that I'm in, minus the league that I'm in with you, LJ, because obviously, you know, I can't get him or I can't trade for him at the moment. But Michael Pittman, I honestly think he'll be one of the more uh, consistent wide receivers this year. I feel like there are a couple people that still think T.Y. Hilton can be that number one guy, and I feel like some games will stick that number one corner on him. And next thing you know, Michael Pittman can have a sneaky good game. Michael Pittman has the tools to be successful in this league, and I think he and I think he increases his stats this year. Obviously, not nine thousand receiving yards because that's like Madden like numbers. But uh, again, I think easily Michael Pittman will easily be in the one thousand to eleven hundred yard range this year. He only played thirteen games, started eight games. But what I love to look at when I look at Michael Pittman's stats, when he only dropped one pass. One pass dropped on 61 targets, 40 catches on 61 targets. That's very good. 293 yards after the catch. So he had a lot of his yards. He got over half of his yards, almost two-thirds of his yards after the catch. So with a offense that's going to be more of a not deep passing offense, but going to be more of a passing offense transitioning from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz. I think Michael Pittman can be in a great situation. 6'4", 223. He added a little bit of weight this offseason, which was critical. I think he can be a guy that 80 catches, 9,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. When I see Michael Pittman, that's the kind of production I see. And I say it all the time. Receiver in their rookie season versus receiver in their second season. They're not the same player. They're not even close to the same player. They either, A, have a great rookie season and fall off, or B, have a a kind of underwhelming rookie season and then pop off. It's going to go either way. I think Pittman is in that second category where he has a subpar rookie season and then pops off in his sophomore season. So speaking of rookies that had a subpar season, another guy that I want to talk about who's on the Philadelphia Eagles, keep your eye out. The late rounds here, Jalen Rager. I have him in my top 30 this year. Oh, I really am a big believer in Jalen Rager. Now, here's why. Last season in his rookie year, obviously, he missed some time with injuries, getting used to Philadelphia and whatnot. It's tough to be a rookie. High expectations coming into this year, especially with the season that Justin Jefferson had. However, Jalen Rager was also playing the outside, not inside, wasn't really used in space and stuff like that. But now with Sirianni coming in, I feel like Rager is going to be used more in the slot and in space. That means a lot of PPR targets. I really do believe that Jalen Rager will be a fantastic wide receiver in PPR leagues. Dynasty leagues, I'm all over him. Not literally. Don't take that out of context. But Jalen Rager, 
I honestly think he'll have a really good season this year. I like he'll definitely be in between 900 to 1,000 yards this year. I don't doubt Jalen Rager is a 900, 1,000 yard season. I could definitely see 900 to 1,100 yards receiving. I just don't think he's going to be great in the red zone. I think they run the football a lot in the red zone with Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, Carrion Johnson, and Jalen Hurts. I think those five guys take a lot of red zone touches away. I think Dallas Goddard takes a lot of red zone targets away. And I think Devontae Smith takes a lot of red zone targets away. So when I look at Jalen Rager, I see the third best receiver on the Eagles. I think he gets a lot of yards. I think his plays, though, are big plays. I think uh, 15, 16 yards per touch. And I do think he gets involved in the punt returns a lot, so that can help fantasy. That's a bonus. A negative? He's not going to be a guy like a Stefan Diggs that has 120 catches and gets 15 yards or gets 12 yards a catch. He's going to get maybe 60 yards and 18 yards a catch. He's going to be a big play guy for fantasy football. PPR leagues, that does not go well. Standard leagues, that's great. That's why a guy like Kenny Galladay, who led the NFL in yards per catch in 2019, was great in standards and not great in PPR leagues. Point per reception, Jalen Rager not buying. Standard Jalen Rager, uh, I like it. I think he's more of a gadget guy that is not great in fantasy, but is great in the NFL. Yeah, I disagree. I think with his move now to the slot this year, he'll get a lot more touches in space. I think we'll see a lot more screen plays to him. We could, and just a couple quick slants and stuff like that too to him. Just being used in space, I think we'll see his role expand a lot more this year. I'm a big believer in uh, Jalen Rager this year. I know you have your indifferences, but again, Jalen Rager is that boomer bust guy that I think will really, really show out in the second year uh, in the NFL and prove why he won in the first round. Okay, a guy that I think a lot of people are selling on that I'm not quite selling on yet, Brandon Cooks. So where do we start with Brandon Cooks? How about being in Houston? We talk about positives and negative. That is probably the biggest negative you can have. No to Sean Watson. No quarterback throwing you the football. What do you do if you're Brandon Cooks? Well, I think if you're Brandon Cooks, you're going to get double teamed all the time. But he's going to get targeted out the wazoo. He's honestly their by far their best receiver. I think Brandon Cooks has a very good PPR league. And I think it, it's going to get ugly at times, but for fantasy football's sake, I think Brandon Cooks is a very good year. If his head can stay healthy with those concussions, because when looking at Brandon Cooks, the concussions is a big question mark. So I had to scroll down my list a little bit to go find uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I hate the situation that he's in. Uh, he doesn't even have a quarterback that's going to throw to him. I mean, who's going to throw to him? Davis Mills? Don't even know if he's got an arm. I don't even know who the hell's on the quarter. I don't even know who the hell the quarterbacks are in uh, Houston. Is, is Deshaun Watson playing this year? Probably not. I mean, we haven't really heard much about what's going on in that situation. It's kind of like died down, quieted down a little bit. But yeah, Brandon Cooks is outside my top. Is outside my top fifty. Um, I just hate the situation he's in. Um, I mean, there's no quarterback to really throw the football to him. Like, it's literally like we could literally see four quarterbacks come in every single game 
for the for Houston. Like that is how bad their quarterback situation is at the moment. Yeah, I just don't think their quarterback situation is good. I think Brandon Cooks has advanced stats wise a bad season, and I think NFL Twitter rips him apart. I think he has 1,100 yards and like 12 touchdowns or something similar, something close to that. I think he gets targeted way too much and his stats are buffed. And I think social media rips him apart. But for fantasy football's sake, I do think he has some boom games. And I just think Brandon Cooks is very consistent. One guy I am not buying on at all. And I love this saying. One of my friends says this. He says, quote unquote, I'm not touching Jalen Waddle with a 10 foot pole. And I love that saying. I would not touch Jalen Waddle with, let me double that, a 20 foot pole. Because in that situation with Miami, with two attack of a lull, who I am not buying on at all, you have uh, not a pass heavy offense. Tua won a game with 80 yards passing. Embarrassing. And they won comfortably, too. Tua was awful. Tua is not a good quarterback, in my opinion. He was, at Alabama, littered with offensive talent. You had Josh Jacobs. You had Najee Harris, two first-round running backs. How many first-round running backs are there a year? Usually about two. Alabama had the NFL first-round running backs on their team, basically. You have five NFL receivers. They had Calvin Ridley in 2000. 16, I believe, when they won it all, Tua only played the championship game. But you had Devontae Smith, you had Jalen Waddell, you had Jerry Judy, you had Henry Ruggs. You had this past season, Tua was not there. But you have so many great receivers at Bama. You have Irv Smith, number five NFL receiver right there. You have an, you have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I would take Alabama's line the last two years, over at least 10 to 15 NFL teams. And Alabama's offense is more talented than 10 to 15, maybe even 20 NFL teams. It sounds ridiculous to say, and yes, they're not mature. I think they would get smacked by an NFL team, but I think in a few years, they would be great. But going against college competition, Alabama's just littered with offensive talent like crazy. I mean, last year, yeah, Tua wasn't there. Mac Jones was very good, yes, what, 14-0, 13-0, but he didn't need to do much. That's the same with thing with Tua. He didn't need to do much. He let the receivers do everything for him. He would get the ball to Jalen Waddle on a two-yard pass, and he'd take it 50 yards. Same thing with Devontae Smith. Or Devontae Smith would be wide open on a 40-yard touchdown and Tua would throw the ball five yards behind him. So that's the kind of thing that I don't think Tua can translate into the NFL, but because he can't, he doesn't make the players around him better and he can't elevate his his teammates' level of play, in my opinion. Here's my personal opinion on the whole Tua Tagovola Jalen Hurts thing, right? Nick Saban knows when he has a good quarterback, right? He knew Jalen Hurts was a good quarterback and he doesn't and he knew he didn't he knew he didn't need to coach Jalen Hurts anymore. That's why that he started Tua because he knew Tua was going to be an NFL quarterback and he needed to be coached. That's why he gave Tua the starting position. And he and he let Jalen Hurts transfer. Again, Jalen Hurts had a fantastic season at Oklahoma. 
So I I really do believe Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback uh, than Tua. I don't think Tua got the start or got the starter position over Jalen Hurts just because of sheer talent. I just think that Tua needed to be coached more. And obviously he was going to head to the NFL draft and he needs to be coached. And I'm now, and now that I'm seeing him transfer to the NFL, I just don't think he has the tools to be successful in the NFL. And that's why I'm saying stay away from Miami in the wide receiver. I mean, yeah, you can, you can go get Devonte Parker. He'll easily get you 15, 20 points a game. It's Devonte Parker. However, Jalen Waddle, eh, I don't like his situation with the Dolphins. They're hoping that the Dolphins are hoping that Jalen Waddle and Tua can get that connection again back at Alabama. Yeah, I don't like Miami's situation with wide receivers in fantasy football. In real life, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Waddle, Parker, Will Fuller, great in real life. Fantasy football, not buying it at all. Stay away from Will Fuller. Stay away from Devontae Parker. And stay away from Jalen Waddle. Stay away from Mike Isecki. If you want to go get Miles Gaskin, go for it. I still think Miami should have taken Penny Sewell. I still think Penny Sewell should have went number five or number six. It's embarrassing that you took receivers over Penny Sewell. Don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase, great receiver. And I think I, you can justify that pick. Picking Jalen Waddle over Penny Sewell can't justify that to me. You cannot justify taking Jalen Waddle over Penny Sewell. I think Sewell makes them a much better team than Waddle does. I really think Waddle's great, and I think he's going to be a great player. I just don't think he has the impact a guy like Penny Sewell could have. Stay away from all of Miami's wide receivers. Another guy you need to stay away from, Jarvis Landry. Similar situation. He's in a run-heavy offense with, yes, Odell Beckham Jr. He's the number two receiver. He's not going to get a lot of targets. I think Jarvis Landry is one of those guys you need to stay away from. Same thing with Cortland Sutton. He's in a running back committee, so they're going to run the football a lot with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Don't know the quarterback situation. Noah Fan, Jerry Judy. You don't know what you're going to get there. I think you stay away from most of Denver's weapons. Fant, Judy, Javante, and Dynasty Leagues. Go get them. I think you stay away from my um Miami's receivers. I think you stay away from Cleveland's Cleveland's receivers. I just think you gotta stay away from those guys because you don't know what you're going to get. You really it's uncertainty with what you're gonna get with those guys. Another toss-up team too with their wide receiver core is Jacksonville. Uh we really don't know how Trevor Lawrence is gonna turn out in his rookie year. Yeah he's got guys like DJ Chark. Um he's got he's got uh LaVisca Chenault He's, and he's also got Marvin Jones Jr. as well. Um, however, it, I don't know how Trevor Lawrence is going to do, how they use Travis Etienne and James Robinson as well. A lot of offensive touches in that offense as well. And finally, one – this there are, there are a couple wide receivers here on the same team as well that I say go for it, uh, whether you're in Dynasty or PPR. I don't know if you saw, LJ. But that picture of Ben Roethlisberger coming into camp, looking looking like a 
looking not like how he was last season, but like, like my man's dropped some pounds. Like he looked ready to go. Like he looked motivated for this upcoming season. Go get yourself Juju Smith Schuster and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. All three of those guys are going to have massive years this year. I absolutely, I, and with, with uh, how their offense plays, they love doing the quick short passes, the Juju to Claypool to Deontay Johnson, PPR and just dynasty, just going to eat that up. I don't know what Najee Harris's role is going to be this year. Um, he could, uh, I know he's going to be there every down back, but um, I don't necessarily think they'll give him the ball a lot if they have the wide receivers to do it, if they have the wide receivers to throw to. So go get yourself Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Deontay Johnson. Yeah, when I look at Pittsburgh's guys, I just don't know what you're going to get with that product. I think Najee's going to be very good. I just don't know what what you're going to get with Pittsburgh. That's why I'd like to go after guys like a Cooper Cup or a guy like uh, Devontae Smith in Philly, who I think is going to be very good personally, or a guy like Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk, who's a guy that I really like. I think those are guys that are more proven not 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 as much proven just less risky in a sense because I think a guy like Deontay Johnson Chalice Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster could get buried and not do the most I think Smith-Schuster is the best skill position player on that team and the best offensive player on that team I think he has a big time season but I think Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool could really make a lot of fantasy owners upset. I agree with that. And kind of to wrap up uh, this episode here, I kind of want to take a look at a couple of dark horses to keep an eye on as well. My first dark horse to keep your eye on is from the New York Jets of all teams. This man came out of nowhere last year. He was on the Titans last year. He was paid with, he was paired with AJ Brown. Keep your eye in the late rounds, like your 9, 10th round, on Corey Davis. Oh, Corey Davis. He had that big 30-point game that had me freaking out about him. I put him in my starting lineup, and he disappointed. I think Corey Davis is a boomer bust guy. With Zach Wilson in New York, you got a ton of receivers like Elijah Moore, for example, on that depth chart. You don't really know what you're going to get. So Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, to name a few, and Denzel Mims, who we know what Denzel Mims means to Philadelphia fans. Let's move past that quickly. But yeah, back to that depth chart with Mims, Moore, and Crowder. I think Corey Davis could have that 30, 25-point game, those back-to-back games where he's great, and then fantasy owners are trading him for so much. And the people that traded him are happy, and the people that traded for him aren't happy. I think Corey Davis is going to be a guy that booms and a guy that busts a lot this year. My biggest thing about the Jets and Corey Davis, Corey Davis is definitely your number one wide receiver there because James Crowder, he's a slot guy. Jameson Crowder's a slot guy, plays from the slot, no doubt. Then Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore will probably split that third wide receiver role, but Corey Davis is your clear-cut number one guy with the New York Jets. 
Finishing this episode off, Sam, we've probably said boom or bust more than any other phrase in our entire lifetime this past hour. So it only feels right. Who is the Boomer Bust MVP this year? And do not say Tyler Lockett because he was the MVP last year. Who do you think this year could be the Boomer Bust MVP? Not named Tyler Lockett. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna take an interesting route here. Um, I'm gonna uh, so this team they're gonna have a rookie quarterback this year starting. Okay, and I think this connection. Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be some, and I think we're gonna see DJ Chark Jr. absolutely flourish with Trevor Lawrence in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. I think DJ Chark will be your Boomer Bust MVP. Okay, I like that. I like that. I am taking the route of similar situations to you. A uh, potential rookie quarterback. Don't know if he's the full-time starter yet. Trey Lance in San Francisco. Boomer bust Brandon Ayuk, who averaged 16 points a game. But I think he's the number two weapon behind Kittle. I just think how Kyle Shanahan runs offense. I don't think that they really, in a sense, besides Kittle, abuse anybody in the passing game. I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have that game where it's like, Oh, he only had eight points. And the next game, he had 34 points. And then he had six points, five points, 37 points. I think Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion, takes home the boom or bust MVP. But that will about wrap it up for today's episode of the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast with our wide receivers. Next episode, we have the tight ends, kickers, and defenses. Oh boy, Sam, that'll be fun. That will be, that will be a good time. (laughs) Hey, but after that, at least, hey, we have our mock draft. We'll be bringing on a few guests, but guys, that'll about wrap it up for today's episode of the Eagles Gauntlet podcast. We'll see you back here in a week. See ya.